This is a weekend edition of Bigger Pockets Daily. I'm your host, Tyler. This is the show where we read you a real estate article every day, 365 days a year. Because you can't read the Bigger Pockets blog when you're brushing your teeth or doing the books. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do recession-resistant investments actually exist? Hint. Sort of. By Sergio Altamare. There's a buzzword that's recently been making the rounds in the real estate investment space. Recession-resistant. Or worse yet, recession-proof. Protect your investments with this recession-resistant market. Recession-proof your portfolio with this property. The reason why this concept is being thrown around is simple. While the country was technically in a recession that is now considered over, there is no denying that COVID is still wreaking havoc on the economy and creating instability that is being masked by the government and rhetoric. Unfortunately, if you look closer at these claims, you'll probably find nothing but a steaming pile of crap. Let me explain. Beware of recession-resistant investment myths. It's pretty bold to certify anything as recession-resistant, because unless you've got a time machine, no one can say with certainty what the market will do. If nothing else, the pandemic taught us that much. But here's the good news. There are markers you can watch for that will give you the best chance to see solid returns that outperform the broader market even during an economic downturn. You'll want to see things like promising job stability and income in higher demand fields like healthcare and technology, 
landlord-friendly policies, a steadily growing population and or positive migration pattern, affordability for both owners and tenants, stable or declining area crime rates. Now, that's just a jumping point. Picking a great market gives you a good foundation, but it's still just one marker of a worthy investment opportunity. So, the fact that a lot of investors out there claim their offers are recession-resistant or proof when they are so obviously not really gets to me. The only investment niche proven to be recession-proof. Just to give you some background, recession-resistant real estate started making headlines after the Great Recession of 2007 to 2009. The label was mainly applied to self-storage, and for good reason. Self-storage REITs were the only real estate asset class that generated positive returns during that period. Why did self-storage perform so well before, during, and after the recession? Because the industry provides a service to businesses and consumers in good times and in bad times. In good times, the demand is tied to growth and expansion of business and lifestyle, which is pretty easy to understand. And in bad times, the demand is tied to the four Ds, downsizing, divorce, dislocation, and death. These life events are exacerbated during economic downturns and recessions, which amounts to storage demand from those experiencing a life expansion to contraction. As companies and consumers downsize, storage demands continue to rise. That's why applying the recession-resistant label to other assets like multifamily bothers me. Regardless of the market, there are several risk factors that make the multifamily claim of being recession-resistant misleading. Now, hindsight is 2020. In this case, it's verified that self-storage is actually recession-resistant because it was proven during the Great Recession. Similarly, using the term for any other asset class is speculative, if not entirely misguided. There's no denying our need for more affordable housing. But here are some questions that expose the glaring uncertainty right now in multifamily, at least to me. One, how much is the continued government stimulus propping up businesses? And what happens when it ends? Two, is there a larger wave of failed businesses and entire industries on the horizon? Three, how many tenants are actually jobless and using unemployment benefits to pay rent? Four, what if eviction moratoriums keep getting extended and financial support to owners stops? 5. Could there be a trend of tenants joining forces to not pay rent or renegotiate rents lower? 6. What is the trickle-down effect of lost revenue from municipalities? And what taxes will they impose to recoup it? 7. How has COVID changed lifestyles, habits, and behaviors, and what's the long-term effect? to communities and apartment amenities. These are just some of the questions I have that give me pause in looking at multifamily right now, not to mention how many investors are still flocking to buy up apartment buildings at crazy prices. It's for the same reasons that I'm glad we made the pivot to self-storage in 2018. Even during the height of the COVID lockdowns, self-storage was considered an essential business. And there sure aren't any policies restricting how to handle delinquent tenants. It doesn't stop there, though. It's also worth taking notice where the world's wealthiest are putting their money when you consider where to invest, especially when they're big-wig investors like Blackstone and Bill Gates. So, 
How is it that I managed to make a move on something like self-storage even before Blackstone and Bill Gates? Well, a few years ago, as we approached the 10th year of an economic expansion cycle, which usually signals an impending recession, I started exploring assets that would be better suited to weather an economic storm. Self-storage wasn't sexy by any means, and choosing it wasn't something I anticipated becoming a defining moment in my portfolio's future. But I could appreciate their returns. Little did I know just how lucrative it would become. I've fallen in love with self-storage, for many reasons. It's a discussion for another time. But basically, it boils down to the fact that I did my homework, ran the numbers, saw it made sense, and made the leap. And now? Well, it looks like Blackstone and Bill Gates are doing the same. On October 26th, Blackstone bought Simply Self Storage for $1.2 billion. And just a few days before that, Bill Gates bought an ownership stake in Storage Mart. So what's this mean to you? Well... I hope it means that you'll explore the perks of investing in self-storage by doing your own research and speaking with investors who have already done it. At the very least, though, maybe you gain some insight into when and how to consider pivoting investing strategies and what the world's wealthiest investors are up to nowadays. There you have it. You can find a link to that article in the show description. Sometimes the discussions in the comments section are just as insightful as the article itself. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, and don't worry, we've got more shows in the pipeline to get you in the right state of mind going into this next week.